With 80 plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 billion in total compensation increases received by the Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop in conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season five. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. PR, what's going on today, my friend? KP, you know what it was like when you were a kid and you had a secret that you just couldn't hold? You know, you just oh, couldn't yeah. wait to tell. Couldn't wait. You know, couldn't wait to share it with your friends, with your family. And your mama would say, boy, you can't hold water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, Keith, this is how I feel about a recent email that we received from one of our secrets listeners. This sister describes her scenario as such. So okay. everybody, this is going to be one. So I need y'all to All listen right. up here, yeah. okay? In a recent executive leadership team meeting with my colleagues, there was an agenda item for us to discuss retention and wellness issues pertaining to an underrepresented group of employees, i.e. black, in our company. As the dialogue progressed, I, a black woman, raised a concern about the traditional lack of support and commitment to this community from our organization, including a lack of measurable diversity training, representation um, of the community in question with, uh, within the director and above ranks, etc., which caused my peer, a functional VP and a white woman, to feel uncomfortable Although I reassured her that my comments were not directed at her personally, she began to tear up until it was a, a real cry while she responded that she felt attacked personally. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> okay. She then further added that she donated her time and efforts to this particular community and even served on a local nonprofit organization board uh, that worked with this community. She understood discrimination because her family had people of different backgrounds and her closest friends were members within this community as well. She was committed to diversity as she did diversity training herself and asked people within her department to be able to do the same. And the organization did not, and furthermore, the, yeah. the organization uh -huh. did not have enough funding to just focus on this community's needs at this time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. There's more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I have to say that when I saw this reaction, I was so confused because I, uh, although the tone of my voice had been firm, I wasn't angry. No, not at all. Not <laughs> at know, all. She was stating was the facts. facts. Yeah, she was, was stating facts. the facts. I was just stating the information that had been reported to me. From my perspective, the executive leadership team had come together to address how this underrepresented community's needs could be met, which partially meant pointing out current gaps, current like gaps that yeah, we had for sure. where increased services were needed or necessary at this time. But here is where things just got out of hand as the entire conversation of the group shifted from this point forward 
after my peers, tears started to flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yep. So from that moment, the ELT was no longer willing to discuss the actual issues of the black employees with respect to retention and well-being. Rather, we spent the duration of the meeting consoling my peer, reassuring her that she was not at fault. Oh, okay. Oh boy. Once she calmed down, you know, my peer, she publicly thanked me for my willingness to be direct and complimented my passion for this topic. I didn't okay. feel a lot of passion <laughs> earlier, but okay. And she now this is the reader's words, and she says, "Ain't this something?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the ultimate crazy part to the story is that later that day, I was reprimanded for my angry tone as I discovered that my peer that had the crying fit actually complained about my behavior to the damn CEO. Mm. This is both of our bosses, is basically what she's saying, right? <laughs> KPNPR, I was left confused by the mixed messages that I received with my peers' compliment and her subsequent complaint regarding me. So, in one hand, she gave yeah. you know her a compliment, yes, you know, That's but right. behind Thank the scenes, the but yeah. behind the scenes, she went ahead and, and reprimanded her uh, there. Brothers, can y'all speak about the power of these white tears? <sighs> I told you it was going to be something, man. This is the secret I couldn't keep, man. This is why I was oh, over here and, like, you're moving around in my seat, waiting for us to start recording. Oh, boy, PR, this is going to be interesting. Well, tis the season for giving. <laughs> and this listener's note is a gift to us for sure. And hopefully it'll be a, a gift to all of our listeners out there because this is going to get a little uncomfortable for some folks today. But it is a necessary conversation for us to have. I think it's it shows up a lot. And look, you know I like smoke, okay? I love this topic, yeah. yes. you know, KP. Like, how many conversations have... You and I had about this same damn thing, mm-hmm. okay? How many beverages have we consumed as we're talking about all of the scenarios like this, you know, that we oh, see yeah. on, a, oh, on yeah. a regular basis? Yeah. This is truly a gift in the sense that we get a chance to expose these tears that leads to many of our fears. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my drink is full today. Your drink is full, that's right. <laughs> You're full before you have it. Oh, stop it. Look at- stop it. Stop it. He lying, y'all. He lying, y'all. I was just a little parched. I was a little thirsty. A little I came thirsty. thirsty. Yeah. But all of this just leads us into today's conversation where we're just going to dive in. We're going to define white tears and share examples of what it looks like. We'll provide you the receipts on the impact of white tears in the workplace, and we'll close out by providing three secrets on how to deal with white tears when they show up in your life. Mm, mm, mm. So, Keith, look, look, as you said, we're going to start out by defining white tears. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So there are many definitions out there, so we'll uh, pull in some black voices to help y'all understand. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. So Let's do it. Okay, so look, former reporter, you know, from The Roots and author of the book, what doesn't kill you makes you blacker. I love that title. <laughs> Damon Young, <laughs> our brother Damon Young, okay? Mm-hmm. He defines white tears as a phrase to describe what happens when certain types of white people either complain about a non-existent racial injustice or are upset by a non-white person's success at the expense of another white person. Mm-hmm. It encompasses and makes uh, and, and makes fun of, mm-hmm. you know, the performative struggle to acknowledge the existence of white privilege. 
That's a good definition. It I like is. That. I it like is. that. I like that. I'm going to add another black voice to the conversation. <laughs> Our sister, Teresa Robinson. Well, you know this is about to be fire. That's right. Who joined <laughs> us in season two talks about a version of White Tears called Karen. <laughs> and we all know her. And she says that Karen is the entitled white woman who cuts us, cuts in front of us in the line, bumps us in the line without saying excuse me, demands to speak to our manager, calls 911 to get us killed, lies to get her way, manipulates men, and trunks on the fake tears when she gets called on her shit. (laughs) (laughs) Karen also has a little sister named Becky. Right. <laughs> and she is especially good with the fake allyship, fake tears, and attention tantrums at the end of the day. And Ricky, I just I have a little secret to disclose. You know, I love watching the Housewives series on Bravo. <laughs> That's just a dirty little secret of mine. Some of that ratchet TV. Yeah. Mindless you know? TV. Mindless TV. The mindless TV, yeah. right? And I watch the Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac and Salt Lake City. But on that Salt Lake City series, they have been getting me together because there's a housewife on there named Lisa who cries at the drop of a dime, right? <laughs> she cries. Anytime people call her shit or says something that she doesn't like or tries to hold her account, whatever it is, and I just laugh my ass all sitting there <laughs> on the couch every time she does this because at the end of the day, this is all manipulative. And yeah. you can just see right to it through it. But it's just like, girl, what is going on? You be like, hi Lisa, did she stop? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh man. Oh man! Oh shit! Yeah, it's it's like that character that used to be on the on the Jeffersons that used to go to all of the funerals and she would cry. Oh yeah, at the drop of a dime. Yes, that, right. it's like that sister man. She just cried, and then that be then that that said who died? She was like who's funeral ride again? She forgot. She forgot she, who's she forgot funeral she was who at. She just, cried, she just cried on the drop of a dime. Didn't right? matter. Look, our secrets listeners describes uh, in her email as well when a white woman intentionally criticizes the treatment resources or representation for an underrepresented or or adversely impacted group, they, i.e. white women, shift the conversation and or the solution to focus on themselves feeling attacked personally for the criticism. Yes. Like we didn't we didn't mention any names. No. You know, in the criticism. We didn't say Keith, this is all about you. That's right. We're talking about a situation all of a sudden this person feels attacked because I've invested time in them. And this is how they absolutely, you know, and you can feel it in her email. Yeah, like, you know, it's just like all she was doing is putting the facts out there, and the lady took it as a personal affront. She's like, "I'm just telling you what the company is doing. This ain't about you, <laughs> right? Right? Be quiet. Sit down. <laughs> is it true or false? At the end of the day, is it true or false? Is it true or false? That's right. Another piling on to the definitions, just so y'all really get it. Leah Danella wrote for NPR that white tears is a phrase that's often. Uh, has been used to gently tease white people who get upset at things they think threaten their white privilege. Mm -hmm. It's been used to poke fun at white people who think that talking about race makes you racist. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. right, right. Or they tell you that, you know, Barack Obama's presidency marked the end of America. Or that it's a crime against humanity when a formerly white character is portrayed or rumored to be portrayed by a person of color. <laughs> you kind of remember when Hamilton first came out. They had all the characters in there. People lost their mind for a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going I'm to take it even worse than that. You remember when when they was talking about Idris Elba might be the next James Bond? Oh, yeah. Woo! Man. Whoa! You would have thought they would said he was about to be Harry Potter. I know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Oh, boy, Elizabeth. 
And, and look, man, I mean, in conclusion, Keith, I think white tears is a euphemism for blame shifting, right? Mm-hmm. For fake rage, <laughs> you know, and an yes. excuse making that may or may not involve real tears. Yeah, a lot of times they're not even the real right, tears right. are the following. You know, when a white person deals with a person of color. Yeah, I that, mean, again, and it's... That's the way to sum it up. At the end of the day, these tears are like, it's almost like there's a white tear button that you right, press. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh-oh, I'm threatened. Uh-oh, tears. Threatened <laughs> Here they come. <laughs> and now that we've defined white tears for you, hopefully that gives you a range of what we're talking about. We'll share some examples with you of... Uh, what this may look like. (laughs) And for some of our folks out here, some of these examples may sound familiar. The first one is white people claiming reverse racism or reverse discrimination. Mm -hmm. This is white tears personified. And this is one of the most ridiculous phrases I've heard in my life. It's often used when white people ain't getting their way. Mm -hmm. Right? You think about, you know, especially it shows up when we, get a job opportunity or we get into college. Yep. Right? And look at all the cases that are going to the Supreme Court right now where students or job applicants are claiming that they were denied (laughs) entry to a less qualified candidate because of discrimination or affirmative action. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Your ass is just average and need to sit down. Right, right, right? exactly. This is just crazy. I don't want to (laughs) compete. I don't, I don't want to compete. I don't want to compete. That's I'm right. I'm supposed to have it. I'm supposed to have it. That's right. Even if I, all of our stuff is exactly alike. <laughs> right? And further, your denial pairs in comparison to the number of people of color who are denied access every single day. So just sit down. And, and keeps getting denied. And I mean, keeps we, like, getting again, denied. Again, we, we talked about our election stuff recently there. That's right. Like, let's talk about that. That's right. <laughs> you know, at the end of the That's day, right. right? We talked about overqualified to be qualified. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All of those things. Now, look, I think white people focusing on what we said or did to deserve the response we received from another white person, oh, right? Boy. Like, I mean, it's almost like it's, it's, it's pretty insulting, it is. you know, at the end of the day, because it, it insinuates that had it not been for us provoking said white person. Yes that the response or the disrespect towards us never would have occurred. Never would have happened. Never <laughs> if you wouldn't happened. have brought up that, Ricky, if you wouldn't have brought up that smoke. That's right. Okay? That's right. I mean, you, there would have been no reason for her to scream at you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, Ricky, when you said X, that probably made them feel like that. Yes. Okay? It's like I have to temper my response or the information that I present to account for, to take into account the white fragility. Yes. Because yes. when you don't, when, when they get surprised or when you hit a nerve for them, you know, I'm paying for something that happened way before I came into yes, existence. That's my, right. my great, 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 you know, I had nothing to do Hold with that. Hold on to a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Exactly. That's right. that's right. Another one of my favorite examples is when, uh, when, being mad when a person of color succeeds in a white space. So I talked about this just a little bit earlier, but you think about like Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. White people lost their mind, <laughs> right? Or Serena Williams. Remember when Barack Obama got elected president? Everyone thought, oh, we end up moving into a post-racial society. <laughs> We're going to be shitting rainbows. And, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and everything else when he got elected. Well, that didn't turn out 
so well for all of us. It turns out that a lot of people lost their mind about a black man occupying the highest seat in the country. Right, right. It just didn't seem right. It didn't sit right with a lot of people. So people got mad. Remember the Tea Party started, and the Republicans started getting crazy. Remember when we was we was we were really debating on the color suit. The color suit, the tan the, suit. The, they the, lost the, their the, mind. Not that not, not that the tan suit wasn't fly. It wasn't okay. The shit was tailored. It was smooth. It was smooth. They had a tantrum. This a, is disrespectful to the office of the president. A tan suit. A tan suit. <laughs> I remember the news flash Ronald Reagan up there in a tan suit like five times. Yeah, exactly. And it had nothing to say. And how many times have people looked at us funny, PR, when we showed up in the C-suite room? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, they, they still do. Like, why are you here? Yeah. Think about when someone like Serena or Venus Williams, who tore through a predominantly white sport like tennis, mm-hmm. that vitriol that Serena faced about her body, her face, her athleticism, her mm-hmm. power, all that shit was dehumanizing at the end of the day and, you know, disgusting. Yeah, it sure was. They called her all kinds of names, but she took names and kept it moving at the end of the day, as well as open doors for the next generation of tennis players of color. And that's just kind of what we do. Yeah. Because we have to put up with this nonsense all the time. So it's just like, keep it moving. Shoulders are heavy. That's right. right. Look, I mean, so a couple of things come to mind for me. I mean, when you, you know, as you start mentioning Karens, Uh okay? Yes. And again, I'm thinking about, you know, Amy Cooper in Central Park. The brother was bird watching. The Woo. brother was bird, bird watching. watching. Minding his own business. Yeah. And asking her to follow the law. Ma'am, you need your dog on the leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. what the sign says like, right there. I'm trying to hold you accountable to something, a rule that I didn't even make. Right. That's you, what the sign said right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is, which is crazy in itself. Now the tears come out. And his safety. That's right. His life is, is damn at risk because of the tears. Right. I feel threatened, mm-hmm. right? I mean, but the other one is here. Look, I live in Oakland, Keith. And I used to hang out over by, by the lake. Lake okay? Merritt. Lake, lake Merritt over there off of Lakeshore. And I'm talking about the way things used to be. We used to have festival at the lake. We used to have all of these things down there, right? We don't even have that anymore, mm-hmm. okay? Now we have people just getting together barbecuing, mm-hmm. you know, playing cards, people walking around. Like, they're just doing their thing out there yeah. as, as it's yep. been gentrified. That's things right. have changed, gentrified. okay? That's right. But we had barbecue Karen <laughs> yeah. out there. <laughs> Want to tell people you, what you can't do what and everything else do. and was getting in people's face. Like, yes. literally. And, getting in their face. And, and the, when people didn't take her serious, yes. they were laughing at her, basically. Yes. Then all of a sudden, she starts crying. Yeah, and then 911. 911. That's, 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 <laughs> that's the move right there. Now, there are a ton of Karen scenarios that have occurred over the last few years and even more that happen, like, on a regular basis. But the gist of it all is a white woman oftentimes finds it necessary to inject themselves into situations that do not concern them or require their input. Yes. <laughs> okay. And right. when they give it and it is not heated or well received, they feel personally attacked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then comes the tears. Yes. Okay. Tears, while I am threatening your uh, safety mm-hmm. or livelihood in some cases, right? Yeah. Like that's basically, that's what, basically what, what it is. What it's ends like, up being. It's like it goes all the way there. 
Really? Because yeah. I'm out here barbecuing and minding my business. Yeah, mind your business. That don't have nothing to do with you. <laughs> you know, you be asking about something, your mom be like, Babe, that don't have nothing to do with you. That don't have nothing to do with you. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. it. And then when we're dealing with facts, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, this is just facts. Just another example. And this one is kind of one of the most devastating mm-hmm. white tear moments in the history of our company. And that's that's Emmett Till. Yeah. Right? Because we have to talk about Carolyn Bryant's lie about being harassed by a 14-year-old. Right. Right? His a mur- kid. A, a kid. kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, his murder became a catalyst for the civil rights movement at the end of the day. And the irony and kind of enraging outcome of this story is that his murders were acquitted. And then four months later, they admitted to the murders when they were doing an interview with a magazine that paid them $4,000 to tell their story. Mm-hmm. And to pile on, more than 50 years later, in 2007, Carolyn Bryant finally came clean and said that Emmett Till never did what she said he did. And had the nerve to say, quote, nothing that boy did could ever justify what happened to him. <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, Miss Bride, it's a little late, 50 years after the... Yeah, to be crying about it To now. be crying And, and to try to get this off your soul. Get it off your soul before you go. But, I mean, but, but, but to your point, that was the catalyst. Like if we, I mean, it was happening before if, yes. if, if they got caught doing something they wasn't supposed to do and all of a sudden I was, you know, raped or this, that, and the, like, come on now. Like, come seriously, on. you know, but, and, then, and here it is, all of a sudden you want to work on your own, you know, self-esteem and say somebody was whistling at me. Oh, for sure. A kid. A kid. Who's a kid. not here anymore. So, That's I mean, right. that, 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 you know how you and I feel about, you know, some of those situations. Yes. And I know we're taking it from, you know, something minuscule, bringing it, you know, full yeah, circle here. full circle. But this is what happens. But this is what happens. And I, I'll give you an Emmett Till thing. I mean, you know, the movie was just out. Till was just mm-hmm. out recently. And I mean... Whoopi Goldberg's been trying to get that movie produced for like over 20 years mm-hmm. and no one would ever like pick it up. I mean, that's just another example mm-hmm. of white tears because you don't want to like really listen to the story and, and handle the story. We don't want to talk about that. Don't yeah. want to talk about it. We we don't want to sweep it under the rugs. And we went to the theater on opening night. There's seven damn people in the theater. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's like nobody wants to deal with the history, the truth. Yeah. To that point, I mean, have you ever thought about it when you and I are in in different conversations? But I know this happens to a lot of our readers or a lot of our listeners, you know, here and people in the village. You know, white folks are always asking, why are we always talking about race? Yes. (laughs) Because we ain't got no choice. Why are we always talking about race? I mean, I mean, if you look around, like, is there, there's... No other reminder That's right. for me but race. But race. You know, when That's you start right. thinking about the haves and the have-nots, when you start thinking about generational wealth. Look at the news media every day and how they portray everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so we're talking about race because y'all ain't talking about it. That's right. <laughs> That's why we got to talk about it. Or passive-aggressively talking about it. Right, right, right. I mean, I just think it's, 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 it's a shame. It is. You know, at the end of the day. It is. Another example— and, they keep coming. They yep. keep coming. So just deal with it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Another example for me is the woke ally. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. Who abandons you when it matters the most or has the power and privilege to do the right thing but doesn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't we do talk about that? Yeah, we talked about the conundrum of doing the white thing or doing the right thing. That's right. Episode 31, season two, y'all, <laughs> if y'all need <laughs> Which was a while back. Holy cow, season two. And when it comes to issues like the voting rights bill, police killings, mass shootings, don't say gay bills, and anything that causes a leader that really to take a definitive stance at the end of the day, that's when the hesitation game starts to play mm-hmm. out, right? Mm-hmm. And no one wants to be the leader that takes that bold step on causes or inequities that impact people who don't look like them. <laughs> because it could damage their own standing within their social construct. So they're like, ah, uh, you know, I don't yeah, know. We may issue. be going too far. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, we ain't got time for that. When you know the answer, but you want to like, let's just, let's meet one more time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just, let's collect some more data. Yes. That's right. <laughs> you know, let's do, it's like, man, you know what the answer is here. Like, I'm woke, but I want to try to wait, right. you know, on here. Mm-hmm. I think the last one that comes up for me, man, is, just that fake praise. Oh, yeah. Fake praise. Like, they are happy for you. I mean, just ecstatic for you, but not really happy. But not really You know, happy. you get you you got the opportunity, <laughs> you know, there, right. but they're really not that happy for you, right? Because they're happy that they have you on the team or that you're doing this, that, and the other. But, not, again, we talked about some of this stuff. You're not going to get the resources. Right. Okay, we want to make you wait. Oh, you need five resources. We're gonna give you two. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. Go, and in matter of fact, the uh, the deadline that we have, or the uh, the 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 stage gate right there. Mm-hmm. I know it was Keith. We wanted you to get that done in Q three. We actually want you to get that done at the beginning of Q two now. Right, right. I Just mean, get it. Done. So right. so again, so we went from being happy, you know, that fake praise. To like, let me see how, let me show you how I really feel. Lucy and the football. Exactly. Exactly. And I know we've given y'all some generic examples, but hopefully it's resonating with you on either side of the equation that you're on. And now we just wanted to share a couple personal examples of where it impacted us. You know, PR and I, as we've kind of moved through the move through the career uh, yeah. journey. Because these white tears are real. Yes. And, and and it's one of those things when it happens to you. You really can't believe it's happening to you, right? Because it just, it really just, it's a dog whistle. It just yes. takes you, it's a distraction. I mean, I can recall at a company, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I had, you know, a Karen, a Becky, or whoever you yeah. it refers to here. I had a coworker, a peer, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, was involved in everybody's stuff. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and you know, we always mm-hmm. tease, you know, uh some people because we're like calling uh this individual the COE. Yes. The, the chief of everything. Chief of everything. Yeah, right. Everything. So I'm having a conversation with this woman one day and she was like, Oh my God, Ricky, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to do anything. I really need, you know, an admin. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh well, because we were all sharing. Yes. You know, an admin mm-hmm. at the time, right? And that's pretty difficult when you got like four or five yes. executive leaders sharing one. So I said, like, you know it what, is. I need to get my own, you know, admin. And that's really what I had, you know, planned to do. Mm-hmm. She goes, Oh, that's a that's a great idea. You know, maybe you and such and such, you know, could share the admin. I'm like, you know, I didn't didn't mind Don't about care. that stuff, right? Don't I mean, care. I've had admins forever. And and generally admin game usually works is you find someone that you're compatible with or you're comfortable with and you bring them to your new company Mm -hmm. or, you know, you find one and you just, you groom them. Right. So I had to go to the CEO and ask him, you know, Hey, I really need to get an admin. I was thinking, you know, that, uh, we could, you know, I could share it with another executive Mm -hmm. team member. He's like, that's great. You, you and her, 
mm-hmm. should share the admin. So I yep. said, okay, great. We got the, we got the head count. We yep. got approved. Yeah. So I went and told her, hey, great. That it worked out. We got the uh, the head count, and you and I get to share the admin. And she's like, we're gonna share. <laughs> I'm getting that. Wait, do you really need that man? Yeah, all of this stuff. Like I said, wait a minute. We just had this discussion. This is what you said. You know, and he said we could share that man. Oh my God, she was so she was livid over the phone. So literally, she goes back and talks to the CEO. Starts crying. Starts crying. Oh my God. You know, and and and. Ricky's trying to bring his old admin, you mm-hmm. know, with them. And it's that and the other. I mean, this is just not right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and starts crying. So literally, I get called into the principal's office. Basically, and he's like, hey, you got to be careful about hiring all your friends, family, and people that you know. And in fact, and in fact, she's so busy right now. She's stressed. She's going through some stuff. She cried, stuff. you know, and this, that, and the other. So me and her are going to share an admin and you and a new person, you know, we're sharing that sure, man. Right. But she's going to be on your interview panel. You know? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Literally, what just happened here? You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. So now it gets painted into like, I'm trying to do all of this secret behind the scenes right. stuff. When at the, end of the day, all, at the end of the day, all I was trying to do was bring a admin on. And I was yeah. trying to get him to help her. That's right. Oh, so Lord, but funny. the white tears, man, they, they damage your ability to get your job done. They damage your credibility because yes. in the conversation I was having with her, she was confiding in me. Now I go talk to, yeah. you know, to the big man, mm-hmm. you know, over here. And now I'm the problem. You're the problem. It, this is all Ricky. Ricky conjured up this plan. That's right. You know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It the is. white tears is real. It's real. It's real. And I had a work colleague who was literally known for turning on the waterworks at a moment's notice. The waterworks. <laughs> the waterworks. <laughs> you know, it was literally this bad, Ricky. We would actually be in meetings. Placing bets <laughs> on how soon the tears will start flowing. Oh, oh man. We'd be texting each other on chat or something like, how long you think it's, it's gonna be five minutes, ten minutes, all the things, right? And it always happened when she was stressed or being called to task on something, which was pretty much every day. Yeah, yeah, that's your job. You know, when you're a leader, when you're a leader, people are gonna ask you about some things. Absolutely. But the tears would literally gush. She was crying like uh uh from uh <laughs> What's, uh, um, ah, Woman King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I can't think Okay, of all right. Now, this is going to kill me. I'm going to think of it in a minute. But, man, crying like that. Crying, crying like, like that. that. Crying like that. Viola Davis. Oh, man. That's I, right. She got an ugly cry. Yeah, yeah it's not no. Yeah, not no. She can do it. But she got an ugly cry. <laughs> but literally, anytime we were in a DEI training, mm-hmm. just a boo-hooing and a crying and a carrying on, she was so overwhelmed with guilt about her behavior and harm that she had caused to others. And she was heard about being called out. And then she was always apologetic and promising to do better, which never happened, by the <laughs> way. Because <laughs> the next day... It, well, it sounded like, good. It's performance. It sounded it sound good. Sound good. And, you know, and I, did, I didn't win every bet. But damn it, if I wasn't in the top three, like time, <laughs> I had a pretty good spread going because it was just here it come, yeah, yeah, uh, here it come. The, the moment, the, the moment. moment, right? The moment. But but look, KP, I mean, the impact you know of these white tears can have a like real consequences for BIPOC lives, yeah. right? I mean, our families, our careers, 
even like our livelihood, you know, you know like, what I mean? Like, like you, our like existence life, on this yeah, earth, life and death, That's you right. know, here, right? I mean, it seems like we're taking this way overboard, but how many doggone times have we seen someone get called because they selling cigarettes in the front, yes. you know what I'm saying? That's because right. they doing this, that, mm-hmm. the other. It's like, do we really take shit to, to that level because right. people feel threatened? Yes, it had to be accelerated like that. And and as we kind of wrap this up, wrap up this segment, I mean, for me, what comes clear to me is that white tears is just one more barrier yeah. that we have to face as we move up the career ladder. Yeah. And, just, and, and you and if you don't learn the lesson, that's right. You will learn the lesson. You will a learn very the hard lesson. Way. That's right. You gotta know. That's and, right. And look, again, KP, we ain't crazy. We ain't you know, crazy. at the end of the day, right? And this is the part of the show when we kind of navigate into the receipts. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And today we'll share some receipts on the impact of white tears in the workplace. So Keith, hit us with receipt number one. Yeah. So receipt number one in the co-equal report. Being Black in Corporate America and Intersectional Exploration, you know, 65% of Black professionals say it's harder for Black people to advance, while only 16% of white professionals agree with that statement. And we share this receipt in its simplicity because it points to why white tears are so effective at the end of the day, right? (laughs) Because if you don't understand Black people's predicament in career advancement, understand how hard we say it is, then your tears just further weaponize our careers when white people ain't getting their way in the room. Because you got to understand that gap and how hard it really is. And if you don't have empathy for that, you're just like, they just over there whining. Yeah. Well, well, but think about it. What the sister was telling us who wrote in. I mean, she was like, we didn't even talk about the situation. Didn't even talk about the situation. And I'm getting reprimanded <laughs> at the end of the day. Right, right. My job basically is at risk because I'm being too rough. Right. I'm being too stern. Mm-hmm. Being tone police. And, and we and we had the time on the agenda. Yes. You know, for it, right? We knew we were right. going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Suffice to say, maybe that was orchestrated, you know, also so we wouldn't have to talk about you it. You just never know. Look, receipt number two. And uh, sociologist uh, Sarita uh, Sirivastava, rage, tears, and confusion is how white feminists respond to even the most tentative discussion of anti-racism. Western feminism has inherited the legacy of presumed moral virtue, innocence, and benevolence, and indignant tears, anger, and foot stomping were not only common but standard responses in any organization uh, discussion on anti-racism. In her research with white feminists, many spoke of fear and terror that at any second they might be accused of racism, okay? And they approached any racism challenge not from an organizational or analytical perspective, but as a personal attack that goes to the core of their being and brands them personally as racist for life. For life. So to our listener, this is your situation, yes, right? Yes. You were just bringing up data and facts about the company and the department and how they weren't, we weren't really supporting the black community. Yeah. Then all of a sudden this shit switches. She starts crying. It's a personal attack. Yeah, exactly. And a front. <laughs> to her, and it's like, I was talking about the company and the department. I wasn't talking about your ass. This is the 
WFH mode. What happened here? <laughs> like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> like, man. That's right. And claiming to be woke and on the boards oh, yeah, yeah, and all yeah. the stuff, donating to the community. When it benefits me, I'm woke. Thing. That's right. <laughs> Looks good. <laughs> Looks good. Fiat receipt number three. This receipt is truly disturbing to me. When I saw it, I actually couldn't believe it, and I had to spend a little time marinating in it. There is actually a trend on TikTok called hashtag turn it off where women, mainly white women, record themselves crying about an issue and then instantly changing their expression to a smirk, Mm. demonstrating how quickly they can fake tears. Mm. This is a trend on TikTok. So we ain't making this shit up. This shit is real, right? And it's also dangerous, as history shows us time after time and example after example that we've already given on this episode. But isn't that crazy? Hashtag turn it off. Crazy. They're, they're over here competing to see, a, to see who can who can cry and turn that shit around. And then turn it around and smirk yeah. instantly. Yeah. And then laugh about it. <laughs> like like it, it, it's, it's all fun and games when you get what you want, but then when somebody gets hurt, now you don't want to be blamed for that. That's right. Okay, we're going to villainize somebody some kind of way. Whew. Look, Keith, I, as mad as I am about that, let me, let, let me hip you to receipt number four. <laughs> In a recent podcast episode on The New Way We Work, Mimi Fox Melton from Code 2040 talks about bias, white privilege, and tone policing, which is basically white tears. Yes. Okay? Fox Melton says that white folks often see the downside of being black or Latinx or indigenous, but don't see the upside of being white. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's just funny. <laughs> and, and one of the most obvious ways we see this play out in the workplace is through tone policing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who is allowed to get angry? Who can express excitement or frustration? What are acceptable forms of emotions? Mm-hmm. What is the professional way to dress or speak? These are set to one standard and are exclusionary to those who don't conform. Look, Boop. We, we, we were talking about my adventures, you know, at previous organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In one recent organization, this is exactly it. The tone, please. You got to really be careful at what you say and, and how you say it. Yes. You know, you, you got to be Well, when you say X, it's like, God, can I breathe? Can if I, I breathe, if I breathe right. is it okay if I breathe? I, right. We're all breathing the same Get air. Get off my neck. Yeah. Can, 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 I, can I say something here? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. And this gets us to secrets. Yeah. You know, because we've dumped a lot on you today. Yeah, yeah. And look, Keith, I think as we're talking about these secrets, you know, like we've talked about what happens? We've given you some of the receipts, and I think now it's time to give people some tools yeah. you know, that they can use. And today we'll provide three secrets on how to deal with white tears when they show up in your life. Number one, try to engage in meaningful dialogue. Number two, use humor to your advantage. Number three, <laughs> roll your eyes and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I see you. <laughs> I see you. Secret number one, try to engage in meaningful dialogue. And I know we try hard and hard and hard to do this, but we just got to keep on trying. So when the topic of race comes up, you know, white people just get nervous or scared or guilt-written or defensive, you know, and this is actually the perfect time to try and have a meaningful conversation. So when the crying starts, instead of just ending the conversation and moving on, 
just encourage that person to like sit in that discomfort for just a second and remind them that there's actually bigger things out there in the world to be worried about. You know, just ask them what what happened here. Yeah. You know, and this is not a big this is not a big deal. We're just talking about X. Yeah. And just trying to get the X facts. X resolved uh-huh. <laughs> and it's okay. Right. <laughs> and it's gonna be all right. And it's okay to be uncomfortable for just a second. It's not a big deal. And you think about it, Rick, I mean, like us, people of color, LGBTQ plus people, we have to sit in discomfort many hours of every single day. And, so it's going to be all right if you sit in it for a minute. And them hours are increasing now that we got to get asses back in the office. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, again, I, I appreciate Keith, like, trying to engage in meaningful dialogue because it ain't easy. And it's, it's a skill. Easy. And it is a skill. It is a skill. Okay. Look, secret number two. Use humor to your advantage. Now, I'm not trying to ask everybody to be comedians. No, okay? not at all. But the shit is funny when you sit Sometimes back and you... Is, yeah, when is. you be like, I can't believe we're talking about this. The use of, of the phrase white tears can be a pointed but lighthearted way of asking someone to set aside their defensiveness for a moment and take part in the conversation at hand. So, like, this is not about you. That's right. This is a bigger scenario here. Yeah. Say something like... Oh, could you stop? Uh, <laughs> could you stop? Stop with the white tears. Just stop. Like, <laughs> Get just stop. Or do we have to take time out in order to indulge the white tears? Right. Mm-hmm. Like again, like just acknowledge them. I mean, you call it whatever you want, but do, do we need to take time to kind of? Help you get through, yes. you know, the, what, your, whatever this yeah, is. Yeah, your situation before we go back to right. the problem at hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, it will certainly get you know a reaction. Of course, we understand, right. but usually one of uh, shock on the face of the recipients and a bunch of snickers in the room. But that white tear shit will stop. It will. You know what I'm saying? It because will. at the end of the day, you got to call it out. You got to call. You know it what it's like? Like, hey, I, again. I apologize that you feel attacked, but this really ain't about you. This ain't about you. I, we That's never right. mentioned your name, your department, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. We're talking about a group of people who us as leaders have an opportunity to impact. That's right. So if we're going to sit here and just deal with one person's feelings of guilt or whatever it mm-hmm. is, then we're going to continue exasperating the problem that already exists. That's right. Exactly. I, I'm going to slay somebody. I'm going to slay know, somebody. Yeah, yeah, you right. know that. That's right. <laughs> and our last secret, secret number three, just roll your eyes and move on. <laughs> when she starts crying, you know, if you don't have the time or the energy for the Beckys, the Karens, the Steves you encounter, it's just okay to ignore them and reclaim your time. And many of us, I mean, we know how to roll our eyes. If you got a black mama, <laughs> you know how to roll some eyes. So. Or, or you know how to stare right through somebody's soul. Exactly. <laughs> And make them look away. And make them look away. Yeah, you make right. them look away. That's right. Get on out the room with your crying <laughs> Yeah, ass. yeah, exactly. Right. Like, crying, you looking at them like, I you, I don't believe this shit and you don't exactly. either. And remember, and remember your mom would say, stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Yeah, yeah. Then you, then you come up with the, <laughs> like, you're like, hush it all up. Hush it all up. <laughs> you know? But look, y'all, look. The conversation, obviously, is one that Keith and I deal with on a regular basis, and we really appreciate the listener, our Secrets Village member, you know, being comfortable enough to share that with us. Absolutely. And you can find more resources on the secrets and the receipts that we share today by going to our website, secrets.com, and looking in the show notes, you know, for this particular episode. For sure. And like we do every week, we always want to give a shout out to our listeners and fans out there, and we really thank this listener for bringing this topic to us because it's it's uncomfortable to talk about it. But again, yeah. we just talked about sitting in that uncomfortability because that's what you got to do. 
And and you all make it happen. As you know, we won the Listener's Love Award from the Black Podcasters Association. And that happened because of you, because you 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 showed up, showed out. And we, we appreciate that level of engagement that we have every day. And also be sure to write a review on Apple, Spotify, follow us on LinkedIn, continue to share and comment on our social media posts, because all of this helps build the village that we've been trying to create for the last couple of years. Absolutely. And KP and I are locked in on helping you get that dollar, dollar bill, okay, mm-hmm. and your seat at the table. We're sliding up on more than $6 million in total compensation increases that we've helped people achieve by just working, you know, mm-hmm. with us, right? I mean, and I, it's probably more than that, but, like, we're being generous, you know, that's about right. the stuff that's right. here. We're being yeah. a little yeah, modest sure, about sure. it. Okay. But 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 check us out, you know, um, when it comes to the, the coaching services or providing training, you know, to your organization. There is a lot of layoffs and craziness going on out there right now, right? People, a lot of companies are taking advantage of being able to cut yep. people, yep. okay, and not yep. really thinking about, you know, the consequences here. So now is a good time to get, you know, that marketing collateral right and uh, invest in yourself. I mean, I think it's just as the time. Also, check out that gear. I mean, hey, we got a whole bunch of nice stuff out there. Mm-hmm. The holidays are That's sliding right. sure up, is. you know what I'm sure saying? Is. So it makes a great gift if you're looking uh, for a holiday present. That's right. This episode, you know, as we wrapped up, this episode, we talked about a lot of different stuff. And they had me crying black tears. <laughs> <laughs> but not no regular tears. Not no regular tears, just black tears. Because I was a little hot for a minute and I laughed a little bit. So, you know, it's all good. And as we always remind you, you are not crazy. Not at all. I'm sure many of you could empathize and sympathize with the situations that we were just talking about. But we go out to fill these cups back up to the rim and get back at it. So thanks for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learned new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience. And we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers.